Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Welcome, folks, to The Robbie Rowe Show. I'm your host, Robbie Rowland, and you are listening to The Bearded and the Brains, Episode 3 with Dr. Josh Heenan. Now let's hear a soundbite from the doc himself. If you can do those three things, I don't, at this point in my career, I don't care if you're 400 pounds or you're 190 pounds. Yeah, with 40% body because fat. It doesn't, it doesn't matter because yeah. what is our ultimate, the, the ultimate goal for our athletes is to get them to reach the highest level possible. So for you being an elite thrower, our goal is to get you the big leagues. What is up, everybody? Yeah, I'm excited. I'm looking out the window. There's snow falling. Um, You know, you guys don't care about that, so I won't even talk about that anymore. Anyways, welcome to another edition of The Bearded and the Brains. Today, I'm bringing to you guys episode three, Nutrition and Manipulating Your Body Weight for Optimal Athletic Performance with Dr. Josh Heenan. So today we're going to dive in, obviously, the nutrition, um, that whole scope of things, what Josh has within his formula, what he's seen over time with his most successful athletes. Talks about having a goal, right? Like what is your goal as a as a pitcher? You know, obviously you want to be a, a big leaguer. What do you have to do to give you yourself the best possible opportunity to do that? Um, so we we dive in a little bit of uh you know obviously everything that has to do with nutrition and body weight. So you're talking calorie surplus, um, consistency, body fat percentage, fasting, uh, diet. Um, obviously, we talk about these individuals because I was the same way in high school where. I was eating the house. I didn't tra- track calories or anything, but I felt like I was eating all the time. And uh, I was, you know, buck 80, buck 90, six, five coming out of the pool with a tux on. Um, and, and there's people like that. But I think Josh does a really good job of really diving into that and uh, taking out, pulling, pulling out the, the excuses of, uh, you know, I can't gain weight. Um, so, so definitely, you know, this is de- a good podcast. I think if you're an individual that, that fits that, uh, that mold as far as not being able to put on uh, massive amounts of size. Um, yeah, sorry. I, I say, um, so, so much. So at this time, I want to, I want to give you guys a brief explanation of my video, uh, analysis for, for, for pitchers and their mechanics, um, we talk a little bit about it at the end of this show, but I just want to inform you guys that what it is, is it's it's a link that I'll put in the show notes. You can also hit the link in my bio on Instagram. It'll take you to a, a page that you'll see uh, v- mechanical video analysis. So what that is in detail is, you know, you sign up for it. It's about 40 bucks. Um, there's a discount code. If you're a podcast listener, Robbie Rose Show gets you 20% off. You send me two videos, one from the center field angle, one from the open side. I break it down. I put it in a certain app that can slow it down. I can write on the screen. I send those back to you after I ana- an- analyze them. That's hard to say. And then I'll also send a, a personal video of myself trying to explain the movements that we're, we're seeking out, um, You know, a couple different drills that potentially could help you in, in the long run. Uh, just optimal movements. Obviously, it's it's a thing about individualism, right? You got to understand the athletes and and his movements um, compared to 
everyone else's or even mine. It's all going to vary, but I think I do a very good job within the experience that I've accumulated throughout my career of identifying those specific things that makes him who he is, but just kind of hinting at and and targeting more optimal movements um, that could potentially, you know, increase velocity, which also could increase the pitchability, command, all things that we, we search out for. So, uh, I'll put the link to that in the show notes of this episode. I will also, um, like I said, it's in my Instagram bio. So if you go to my Instagram, Robbie Row one two, it's Robbie with a Y. Um, hit that link in the bio. I'll take you to a page, and I think it's like the fifth one down. You'll see mechanical video analysis, and like I said, save twenty percent off if you're an IG follower or if you're a podcast listener. Put in the code Robbie Row Show. It's Robbie with a Y. And that's all I got for the introduction. Let's get to the show. Hope you guys enjoy the Bearded and the Brains episode three. Uh, today's episode, uh, we're going to hammer on the topic of nutrition. Um, Josh and I have been kind of sitting here um, at Push Performance here in Highlands Ranch, crunching some numbers, and uh, we we were going over the formula as you guys heard in the last episode. And I think one of the, um, the hot topics of the formula is body weight. Um, Josh, what is the exact formula for body weight? The minimum body weight we are looking for is 2.5 times your height in inches. So, do you know like inches by heart? Like what? How many inches are you? I'm 69 inches. <laughs> how many inches am I? You're gonna be. If I'm six five. You're six five, so you're 70, 77. So you would take 77, 77 and you would times it by 2.5 on the calculator literally just 2.5. 2.5, that's our minimum number we want for you and for you it's 192.5. That's that's the, the minimum minimum that we're looking Why for. Why is that so hard to hit for people then? Because because remember it's skewed. So a part of this is going to be skewed for um, people that are taller because for instance for instance it's going to be you're going to carry more mass because you're taller, right? So for when's the last time you were 192? Second grade? 17. You're 17? Yeah. yeah. Well, I, was, I used to be tall and skinny, dude. Okay. So like, I was so, 180, I think. And that's, and that's the thing about the formula is that we look to try to keep balance throughout the body and having minimum, minimum requirements. So for an athlete that you and I yelled to earlier asking him his yeah. formula numbers, yeah. uh, that was on the gym floor. He was 6'2", 180? 170. 170? So 62170. So that wouldn't. And he doesn't hit it. Right. And that's what he said he needed, he needed to work on. Right. Um, that's our baseline. Our optimal number that we're looking for is between 2.75 and 3.25, is where I see that optimal range. You just did that in the 100 mile hour formula, right? Right. That that, I, put that, I put that in there. But you can make arguments for a lot of different things, but I do believe there is a minimum, and that's why we have the 2.5, and the 2.5 has been notorious for us getting the results that we're looking for um, with some uniformity. So Uniformity? Yeah, so like, wow. you know, when we average, when you're using the 90 mile an hour formula metrics as the driver of your program, and not saying that you need to test the metrics every day, but you're training so with the intent that your chin-up's going to go up, your deadlift's going to go up, your reverse lunge is going to go up. We see that for every 10 pounds you gain, you're going to add between 2 and 4 miles an hour on your fastball on average. We see plenty of people break that and will add more than 4 miles an hour for every 10 pounds that they gain, but for the average, it's 2 to 4. What, how did you come up with 2.5 times your body weight? Because I, I know I get a lot of questions too as far as like, is that like a random number and then you trialed and aired or we, what does that look like? We took about a, we, about 700 athletes that, that were getting close to the formula, um, hitting it when, when I was still testing the formula to figure out is this even viable. Yeah. Uh, and that was the biggest metric that I couldn't figure out and it took a while. So we figured was out. Was that, that the, there, last pe- the last piece? That was piece? the last piece. Really? Yeah, that was the last piece for me. Um, which makes sense because it was the last piece in my training when I was, you know, for my own personal training of trying to be an athlete. Oh, sure. You know, so it's, it's the thing I overlook the most. That's why it's one of the things I harp the most with our athletes. It's like you have an opportunity when you're younger and have a lot of testosterone and you're not going to put on a lot of body fat uh, as quickly as you do when you get older to gain as much muscle mass as you possibly can so you can increase the amount of force you can put into the ground and right. put into the ball. Um. 
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh, an- another thing that I get a lot of questions on is, because um, you look at like, even, even the training that I'm doing with you is like, you look at it, it's like, it's very rigorous training. Like it, it's freaking balls to the wall and like guys get after it. So is there a piece to that that you see that guys actually will almost lose weight by training so hard under, under your program? <sighs> Good question uh, and a fair question. We te- I actually just sent a message to one of my um, remote clients that started today, and he is 6'3", 160 pounds, Jeez. is a pitcher? college pitcher. Yeah. Uh, I believe he's a sophomore, possibly junior, if I remember correctly. Uh-huh. Uh, high 80s. And he just started remote programming. Now... The number one thing for him is numbers. His strength numbers are pretty darn good. I think, if I remember correctly, he could probably hit the formula outside of his body weight. His program is a three-day-a-week full-body program because I want him to focus on getting in the gym, hitting a 45- to 90-minute workout hard, and then spend and do that three times a week, and then spend the other 165 hours in the week eating his face off, just crushing good quality food and getting plenty of sleep because... The thing that's going to move the needle for him is not gaining an extra 10 pounds on his reverse lunge. It's going to be gaining an extra 25 pounds of body weight. Yeah. What do you say to the guys, though, that will come to you and be like, well, Doc, I have a super fast metabolism. I eat this and that and this and that and this, and I can't gain weight. As one of my college professors said, if someone ever says that to you, you should take them by the hand and say, let's go to Yale Medical Hospital and run some tests on you because you're breaking the laws of therm- yeah, thermodynamics. Yeah. You'll be the only person in the world. Exactly. Yeah. Now, can people have higher metabolisms? Absolutely. But most of the time, if someone has a quote-unquote high metabolism and they're just like they can't gain weight and it's actually becoming an issue they probably have an, a disease. They probably have a cancer. They probably have some kind of neurological disease that's preventing them from having uh, proper metabolism. So that's why it's, it's funny to see, especially you know, having, having the comments of the internet is always funny because now everybody posts, oh my God, I have a fast metabolism. I can't gain weight. It's like, no, you just don't eat breakfast and you're eating like a nine-year-old girl and you're an <laughs> 18-year-old boy and you're flooded with testosterone, and by the way, you haven't had a quality meal in, in years. So yeah. that's what we look at. Because, uh, man, I can speak like similarities to that, though, because, you know, you're at that age where I think, A, most of us, or at least when I went to school, when there was, it was a kind of like the pre-video game society where we were just always out running around. Yep. Um, that obviously help, helps aid into the uh, metabolism conversation, but... It was like one of those things where I literally could eat whatever. Like I didn't have to worry about you know the sp- specific nutrient dense foods that I was eating, and I kind of just you know stayed around that that same same weight. What was your worst class in high school? Subject. Oh, that I that I struggled with. Yes, art. Art. Okay, <laughs> that was my worst grade. Give me. Give I got me, a C minus. I think he gave me a C minus. Give me. Give me like a study class, like a like a class class. Uh, calculus. Calculus. I was a smart kid. I, I didn't. I, Book smart. I, right. Right. So. Not IQ smart. <laughs> did you spend a lot of time working on calculus? No. No, because calculus was my senior year and there's a lot of variables there. I already knew I was going to college and getting drafted. Yep. So maybe my focus in that specific. Great. Obviously, perfect, that's kind of. Perfect goes, example. It goes against my diligence. No, though, but, it, so. but it's a perfect example. Yeah. I was, Put me on the hot seat. I was right? never. No, well, I'm going to throw myself under the bus. <laughs> yeah. too. I am a terrible. I was a terrible history student, whether it was in undergrad, whether it was in high school, just did not do well in history. Um, uh-huh. Is it because you didn't like it or just well, like you didn't understand so it and have a passion for it? All of the above. Right. Had I spent as much time as I did in my math and English 
homework and my science classes that I enjoyed and put the effort in into my history studies, I probably would have been able to squeak out an A every semester. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I rocked a C or a B minus or a C minus. And it was kind of like, yeah, whatever. And I just, I showed up, I went through the motions. I didn't really, I didn't connect with the teachers. Totally. It was, you know, at the end of the day, it's obviously, it's my fault. Yeah. But that's the thing is, is if we sat down with Robbie Rowe when he's 16 years old and had a heart to heart and said, Robbie, and this is what we do with our athletes, what's your ultimate goal? And you're like, I want to be a first rounder. Great. That's awesome. Robbie, you're 190 pounds. The guy you want to be is 225, right? right? And you're like, yeah. And like, eat. And all of a sudden, it clicks. It wasn't about eating, though, dude. Like, my intake... Like I feel bad for my parents at that time because I was right, eating them out but, of the house. But here's the mostly but, spaghettios without the meatballs. Gross. Um, <laughs> the canned ones. But yeah. uh, the thing that you battle and something that we battle for weight gain stuff, which is which is uh, and I didn't lift get. though. That well, was another factor I think in high school for me. But the thing like that crushes our athletes, the, the golden curse for basically any one of our guys that comes in in like an August to like end of October and is like I'm going to crush it with you guys the next three months puts on like 25 pounds of like real good weight they get really strong and stuff the number one thing that I'm just like I, I'm like oh my god like this is just going to kill them is what do you think for us what do you mean the, like what, what do you think they end up doing that just like crushes their games crushes it for, for three months and, and then a, doesn't and then, and then they get destroyed and they, they lose all their games in like two weeks Oh, is it just the consistency of it? They go to they go play basketball, uh, and I'm not and I'm not against basketball and, and like people or basketball or soccer or something uh, of like exactly yeah, or yeah. swimming. We had we had a guy yeah. that was an elite swimmer yeah. and like he's spending four hours a day in the pool in spandex, in spandex, yeah. going around and in like you know lukewarm water where he's providing the heat. Yeah. So he's he's his core temperature is like cranking. It's like oh, and your heart rate is probably chilling at a one eighty. Yeah, exactly. So oh. so. Did Robbie Rowe at 16, did he really consume enough calories? The answer is no. Right, when you look at like the individual it, surplus. Exactly. Condition. And are there kids, and this is, this is why when we give nutritional guidance, there are kids that will do great. There's, two, there's really two groups of kids that we have. The one group that just doesn't eat enough. They might eat 2,000 calories a day, which means they're probably skipping breakfast. They probably have a sandwich for lunch. They'll eat whatever mom and dad ha- uh, have for dinner. Wakes up five minutes before the school alarm. Exactly. So they exactly. They have that, they have, we have that kid. And then we have the kid who's been pretty diligent, does, does a good amount of work. Maybe he, maybe he eats 3,000 calories a day. Maybe he eats 4,000 calories a day. But he's a growing boy, and he has so much testosterone that your, your body is just like in this wild phase of, you know, you can, like you said, you can eat anything you want. Mm-hmm. He's not consistent enough day to day to eat in a surplus. So he may eat really well Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, but then sleeps in until noon on Saturday and he misses one and a half, two meals. Yeah. That's an extra 2,000 yeah. calories. There's his gains for the yeah. week. Well, it's the same thing with like weight training too. Mm-hmm. It's like you could be really good for like the month of January because you have all these resolutions. Oh, happy new year, by the way, to our audience. We're recording this on new year. Um, Josh just gave you a cheers with his water. His water. Um. So this is like a this is a this is actually a question that I would have because you, you there's no way there's no way scientifically to determine an individual's caloric burn per day. There, we have these watches, we have all this smart technology, but there's use, no way. You can you, use, would you use e- the scale? You can use an epoch um, oxygen intake. Uh, yeah, but who's going to do that? Right? But that's so that's so that's my thing. And and forget and this is and this is where this is where I think most athletes misunderstand and coaches misunderstand is that we can bring you to an exercise science lab and we can say that your basal basal metabolic rate so your living rate yeah. is 1700 calories yeah mine was and, like 2240 dude it was my well, resting yeah well you're 200 you're yeah. you're a grown man with you're a, a big beard, athlete right. with a beard yeah. a growing beard uh, it's growing um, it's keeping me warm so what most athletes and coaches and parents forget is that you got to keep the goal the goal. And what is the goal? The goal is to put on, the goal is to get stronger, reduce your rate of injury, have more, better on-field performance, and you want to be able to add muscle mass that's functional or add, or add functional mass. What does that mean? 
all that means is basically good, good that you, weight. Good weight. Yeah. Good weight. And, and are you going to gain a perfect 100%? Of course not. You're right. not going to gain all muscle Especially mass. if you go on this huge surplus. Right. Yeah. But this is the thing. If you have a 16-year-old kid that's 150 pounds and he's 6'2", six, six if his chin-ups are going, if he's doing more body weight chin-ups, if he's reverse lunging more, if he's deadlifting more, if he's squatting more, if he's doing more push-ups, he's providing, he's producing more force. So there's number one. And if the scale is going up, that means he's has added body weight, which means he's moving more around, which means his strength numbers are going up, which likely means that he's gaining muscle mass. Mm-hmm. We don't even do body fat calibers unless we have like an athlete that for some reason needs it for a test or like yeah. or like any um, you know like a bodybuilder or something. We're trying to figure out exactly like where they're going to taper and like we're, we're guiding them through that situation. But for most of our athletes, there's the two the the three big things that we take are one, what's the scale saying? Because it's one indicator. It's just one baby indicator, but it's an important one because we know how it lines up to throwing velocity. The next one is taking before and after pictures, taking weekly pictures. Use that as a, as a gauge. Now, should that be the only thing? No, but like if you're going up in weight and your, um, your strength numbers are not going up and your chin-ups are going down, that means you're probably gaining fat, not muscle mass. Yeah. And then the third thing is how do you feel? And that's something you and I have talked about because yeah. it's a valuable component. I should never walk in and tell a 16-year-old, an 18-year-old, a 27-year-old, how how much they should weigh or how much or or you know what percentage body fat or ideal anything. body weight it's or, there it's 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 like pitching mechanics it's very unique to you yeah if you got a a, a breakdown slider that yeah. is going to put you in the major leagues don't let me or anybody else make you an over the top guy when you're a sidearm guy I think that's the responsibility of the athlete too and I don't it, care it how is. old you are doesn't matter it's a responsibility upon yourself to determine like okay. I've been eating this for a month and I feel sensational. Mm-hmm. I know this is going to give me, you know, you and I have obviously had the conversations about the ketogenic diet and so on and so forth. Um, so this is going to be like the fine line, right? Because obviously I think the obsession is the, um, the like the imagery, of, I guess, of oneself because mm-hmm. no one wants to be the super fat kid in school mm-hmm. that, you know, doesn't maybe doesn't want to take a shirt off at the city pool or whatever. So, but when it comes to like pitching, we know that body fat percentage, it's not like a huge deal. Right. So where do you, I mean, you don't have to give me like a specific, well, what I is can. your metric or yep. I can't then go it's, ahead. It's very simple. Yeah. I think based on our current research that we know, for our UCL like injury prevention or increasing your odds of not having UCL surgery, we know if you can do a one and a half times body weight reverse lunge, two times body weight deadlift, and 13 or more chin-ups, that you increase your odds of not having a UCL surgery by 480%, which is... 700 athletes tested. 336 athletes tested on that, um, in that study. Now, just take that for what it is. We have a... We have body weight metrics so we have a body weight movement in our chin-ups 13 or more chin-ups and then we have two relative strength movements in our deadlift and our reverse lunge if you can do those three things i don't at this point in my career i don't care if you're 400 pounds or you're 190 pounds yeah with 40 percent body because fat. it doesn't it doesn't matter because yeah. what is our ultimate the the ultimate goal for our athletes is to get them to reach the highest level possible. So for you being an elite thrower, our goal is to get you to the big leagues and have you be a mainstay in the big leagues as long as you possibly can, which means keeping you off the disabled list, yep. which means keeping you healthy, which means keeping you, yep. you know, not having sickness, all these other things, but also throwing hard enough. Mm-hmm. So if you can do, let's call it 10 to 13 chin-ups, you have to be relatively lean to do that. So so body fat percentage, you know, we, I think the reason why we get so caught up in that is because there's a lot of research that says, uh, you know, we went through a phase of research, research that says, wow, you're going to be a lot healthier if you're, if you're 10% body fat than if you're 30% body fat. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. 
That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, yeah, like we know that, but we're also taking general population. It's the same, it's the same idea of cholesterol levels in your blood or testosterone levels in your blood. A guy, you know, we have patients that are 30 years old that come through my doors, and this is outside of the scope of stuff I do because we refer out for this. Yeah. But they'll come in with, with like, you know, three, four hundred, five hundred um, on their testosterone levels. They're 30 year old healthy males. That's like, that is so low. What is an ideal testosterone level? Ideal, I believe, in top of my head is somewhere between 600 and like. Uh, 1200 mine was like 1680 yeah well and 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 there's but there's great ranges for this now the issue is is, is, the issue is is that if you come in the bottom if you come in at the bottom level let's call you 600 at the bottom level of normal quote-unquote is that normal for a professional athlete that's 30 years old that should be that should have higher testosterone that's you know having all these these um career goals of maintaining that testosterone so they can have the muscle mass so they can produce the power and do all these things if they're on the low end of that that's that's a big red flag sure just be, even though it's in the normal range but but normal i don't want to be the normal neighborhood person that's 40 percent body fat walking around especially that's, if you're going to be like the what the one percent of the one percent in the big leagues exactly yeah. and so so that's why a lot of the information is skewed so i think i think using using multiple factors to determine how you feel is important, and I think that's that's another important fact as far as, I mean, how much, what percentage of high school kids are going to go? I, oh, I need to go get a blood panel to see my testosterone levels, right? right. There's ways, um, not to get too visual, but like, do you wake up with an erection? Right. That's a that's a deciding factor as if you are pretty high in testosterone, right? Yep. Um, but yeah, I mean, going back to that whole weight thing, is I think there's that fine line, right? Because we do want to feel good. And I mean, when I got up to my heaviest with you within these last few months, I was like 240 and some, maybe a little bit of change there. Yep. Um, and, uh, and yeah, like my weight numbers went up. Yeah, I was, I was probably reverse lunging more. Um, you know, obviously can't do a chin up right now, but the weight metrics went up. But it was like one of those things where I didn't feel good. Right. You know, and I knew from the experience that my playing weight, my, my ideal, like I wake up in the morning, I feel great, ready to attack the day weight is like 225, which I am now. And I can move around the weight room very efficiently. You know, right. I can do like my push-ups. Obviously, are better. I think because I'm I'm carrying less weight. And if you were in, and here's the thing, there is anybody that's going to discredit how someone feels. I think I think is overlooking a really important component because your mentality, everything, your psyche, changes. your psyche everything changes. changes. Um, you know, all these other things, and it could just be subconscious. Which totally. in, which which even we have to it, play into that. Which, exactly. That's yeah. a, that is a that is a piece of the puzzle. placebo, right? It's the same well, thing. It may be placebo, even but if probably, it is placebo, we still have to credit it. Exactly, it's your brain. So, if you came to me and you were 100 percent healthy, you were like, "Hey, this is just a regular off season." And I'm like, Robbie, let's get you to 240. Let's get you to 250. Because I think you're going to throw harder. I think your spin rate's going to be up. I think you're going to be more consistent. All these things. Yeah. And then we would test it. I want you to get on Rapsodo. Why and, not? And, yeah. and say, hey, because if I can show you hard data saying, hey, listen, you have the highest spin rate of a fastball in the big leagues right now, and you're sitting at 250, I know you don't feel 110%, but you feel 90%, but you're throwing at 120%. Dude. It's, you, would, you would be able to look at that and say, Buy you in. know what? Maybe, maybe that's okay. But if you could come back to me and say, hey, listen, I have, j- I have the same spin rate when I, when I get down to 230 because I work on this, this, and this, then who am I to say that you shouldn't be that? Yeah. You know what, though? That's funny, dude, because... I, so last year, um, so when I threw 99, that, that year in 2015, um, that was a year where it was like, you know, I used to be a yoga long distance guy. I was down to like 215, 220 running all the time, skinny, um, got released. And then, uh, when I got picked up by St. Louis, it was like, I was eating anything I wanted. Like I didn't care anymore in that regard of like the typical Robbie Rowe, like 
super diligence in everything he does. Right. And uh, I was eating McDonald's. Like, obviously, in the minor leagues, it's late night, so your timing of meals is terrible. And I, th- and I got up to, like, the heaviest I had ever been at that point, which was, like, 235, 240, which was the hardest I ever threw. And then same, I could say the same thing for last winter in Puerto Rico. I was, you know, 95, 97, and I was heavy, like 240 again. Right. But at that same time, like, it's tough, dude, because you have to look at, like you said, that end goal. Right. And my, my, my being at that time was like, gosh, I feel like crap. Like I'm kind of grinding out of bed. My joints are in. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, you're dealing with some stuff. But then you get on that bump and it's like effortless, dude. It's pew, pew. Right. So, I mean, what do you say to the guys that like in that situation too where they're like, I don't feel good. But when I get on a mound, man, it's freaking go time. It's, it's personal preference. It's a very big personal preference in baseball and your career is as short as all professional sports careers are it could be very long and you need to be able to sustain with it and that's why you know taking breaks uh having having a mental uh you know uh giving yourself a mental break of like guys that want to come in right after the off season and train right away i'm all for it i love it right but i'm also but i'm also a big proponent of taking two weeks off and go hang out with your girlfriend and your family and like take a vacation and like eat what you want and go have some fun with your buddies and then get back to it because like you need a mental reprieve. So maybe, yeah. maybe that was the mental reprieve you needed at that moment yeah. to get you through. Well, I mean, you side. see me now, like I'm just, that's just who I am. Right. You know, I do very well in that kind of like structured society. Of, Absolutely. I need to check this box, check that box. Like, I mean, today, yeah. you made me cheat today. That's okay. Two pancakes and a cinnamon. I did not force any you of that on you. I did not force any of that on you. Oh man. Um, yeah, so I, I, mean, I think you made a post about this. Not a post, but I think it was on your story about someone made a comment um, when you were asking questions on your Instagram uh, about how to kind of tell if they're making the right gains, right? And you said uh, there was a, a specific weight scale routine that you can do as far as waking up in the morning, getting on oh, the scale. Oh, yeah, my yeah, three-day food log. Yeah. Yep. So real simple, uh, if you're trying to gain weight or lose weight, wake up in the morning, let's call it a Monday morning, go to the bathroom, hop on the scale, see your weight, and then uh, track your calories. So we use, I use, I like the app uh, Fat Secret. There's, I lose, there's, I use Lose It. Use Lose It? It's called Lose It. Yeah, it's an okay. orange label. Um, or My, My Fitness, Fitness Pal. My Fitness Pal is the most, most, most popular one. Yeah. It doesn't matter which, which app it is. They're all going to give you uh, a different formula in there saying, oh, well, if you want to gain weight, you should do this, this, and this. Don't follow it. Um, just input your daily intake of food. So Monday, record all of your food uh, to, that you intake that day. Tuesday, record all of your food. Wednesday, record all of your food. And then Thursday morning, wake yourself up, go to the bathroom, and then weigh yourself. And if you're not moving one to two pounds in the direction that you're trying to, then it's time to make some changes. So if you gained two pounds in that, in that three-day window, four-day window, uh, and you're trying to gain weight, then great. You know how many calories and how much protein you should probably be intaking. Uh, when you start to stall on your gains, you should do the same thing and, and revisit it. We have athletes all the time. That plateaus. Yeah, you get plateaus. 100%. And sometimes you need a little little kickstart. Sometimes it's your training. Sometimes it's your sleep. Um, but a, but most of the time, it's going to be your nutrition. Nutrition is, is 90% of the battle for that stuff. Good segue into nutrition, man. What does good nutrition look like for especially high school kids that are struggling to put on weight? Uh, good nutrition is first healthy so anything that is relative right it is all relative um you know very relative based on your goals needs um your how much money you have to spend on this stuff uh it could be very wide ranging and how individual handles certain foods too exactly but you want to go deep down a rabbit hole so the most important thing to me is that you're staying away from boxed foods and bagged foods. man-made food man-made food anything that's anything that's a comes in a bag or a box you're probably not going to be the best choice outside um, of the grocery if you can leave that food out for a week and it's still good it's probably not good for you <laughs> um so we look for a lot of fruits vegetables uh healthy fats avocados olive oils nuts uh and then lots of protein and then yeah. and you got to fill the gaps there and that's not to say that carbohydrates are bad because a lot of people think that mm-hmm. carbohydrates it's been are demonized in the last year it has but there's nothing wrong with um you know sweet potatoes other kinds of regular potatoes uh rice 
uh, even breads and stuff. There's not. It's not the worst thing in the world. It's all again. It comes back to balance. Yeah. And that's the 90 mile hour formula is all about balance. Nutrition should be balanced. Now you think about. A lot of times, mom and dad will listen to something like this, or they or they're like hearing about how we add you know 25 pounds to a guy in 10 weeks, and they're like, oh my god, that can't be healthy. Well, f- to get them those those pretty dramatic results, we have to be unbalanced for that time period. Time period. This is not a lifestyle change in terms of in terms of the long term eating, but we are implementing something where we're going to track calories a little bit harder. We're going to we're going to you know make sure protein is hit. We're going to make sure enough calories are intake. And if that means you know throwing in an extra slice of pizza or or adding a little bit more rice to your to your dinner to get those calories, we're not really opposed to it as long as you're making the gains that you're looking to. So being unbalanced when we're going into that nutritional um, intervention, if you if yeah. if we can call it that, um, for a structured time to gain weight or to lose weight, things are going to be out of balance considered compared to normal. Day, has to be day, day exactly day in and day out you know yeah um oh, i totally agree i almost went down the whole carbohydrate rabbit hole but i don't think i'm going to do that um so. yeah i'm not going to do that um so a few things that i do want to touch on though i think intermittent fasting is something that's uh being popular within the last few years i i know i do it um you know i think a lot of kids can see you know uh, an ad or something on the website that makes it out to be this um, growth hormone boosting testosterone boosting autophagy boosting yep. thing um, which is you know and it's funny because I'm all for it you know that I'm for it um, I just want to get your opinion on it for you know baseball players athletes in general well it comes back to what is the goal if your goal is to gain weight and you struggle gaining weight Limiting the amount of time that you have in the day to eat is probably going to be very challenging to overcome. That's not to say you can't do it. I know plenty of people that have gained weight on purpose, do you know, eating in a six-hour window every day. Yeah, plenty of people, and that's and that's not to say it's right or wrong. But is it going to fit your goals? Is your goal to be if you're a 15-year-old baseball player? that wants to play in a high-level college environment and you're currently throwing 80 and you want to throw 90 and we know the formula works and you're 30 pounds underweight, is intermittent fasting going to be the easiest, biggest domino that you can knock forward to get to that goal? I don't think so. Right. Now, if you're an endurance athlete, if you you have a deep family history of cancer, if you have um, other... Other, other things that require nutritional intervention. If a doctor says, hey, listen, you're at high risk for X, Y, Z, and yeah. we want to limit this, um, maybe if you are extremely overweight and you have a doctor overseeing this mm-hmm. and you want to implement imp- uh, intermittent fasting to help. So maybe you hit the formula numbers quicker because your chin-ups are the, the yep. lagging thing. Great. But yeah. it's, all about, it's all about the right thing at the right time for the right person. Totally. No, I agree. Um, all right, so I kind of want to close this off. Uh, actually, let's do a few more things. Um, I know a lot of a lot of guys are going to say, "Well, hey, Josh, like, what about the the Chris Sales, the David Price, um, insert skinny pitcher here yes. type thing?" I'm blanking out, but obviously Chris Sale being a big one. Yep. Um, what do, What do you say? Is that like the one percent of the one percent of the one percent in that particular regard? Um, well, yes, you can say that they're incredibly efficient. So people that will those are the great debates that we get because. People are like, well, you know, they're not going to hit the formula. They, their body weight isn't even there. Yeah. Um, well, let's look at Chris Sale. Uh, you know, my beloved Red Sox, I think Chris Sale is phenomenal. He's, he did a great job this year. He's been a great pitcher for a very long time. They re-signed him? Or, he wasn't a free agent, right? I don't remember. I don't think he's a free agent. It would have been bigger news. I will say that my Sacred Heart team beat him when he was down at Florida Gulf Coast back in the day. He was at Dunk City? I believe he was Florida Gulf Coast. I could be incorrect, I but I know he's in Florida. I know he's in Florida. I know we beat Chris Sale. Regardless, we'll, let's, we'll, let's just, we'll, worth we'll, a Google. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll check that. We'll check that out until he um, listens. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? 
I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Exactly. Um, so Chris Sale is incredib- incredibly mechanically efficient. Right. He is so for lack of better terms, I, I say efficient, smooth, whatever you want to say, he gets the most out of his body. Totally. And he's got a great frame to be a hard thrower. Now, I, we don't have time to go and look at, at, the, um, at his velocity month over month, but we know that Chris Sale dumps out at the end of the year. His numbers, his velocity goes down at the end of the year, which could be a body weight thing, injury it could be a mechanic too. thing, injury issue it could be it could be all sorts of things it's a lot of speculation from from myself who's never worked with chris sale yeah um but at the same time we look at that and say is that is there a reason why he can do that because other people can't and he's he just moves so efficiently yeah efficiency is always going to win yeah but are is he leaving some do i believe that he's leaving something on the table because he is um, really tall, doesn't is underweight, probably a little bit under strength um, to the levels that he should be or could be. Do I think he's leaving either injury prevention or velocity on the table? Absolutely. Would, would it, wouldn't you, could, could you make the argument too for like the flip side of that coin though? As far as like, what if he puts on a bunch of weight? What if he does, you know, stick to a very strict uh, training regimen, gets stronger, eats a lot more food, and then maybe that takes away from his performance? Well, let me ask you this. Why? How could it take away from yeah. his performance? Well, it's kind of that, I don't know. I look at it in a scope of like the same thing with strength and conditioning. Like this guy's got this amount of flexibility, mobility. This guy's got this amount of tightness. We kind of want to... You went exactly, exactly where I was hoping you would go. Did you just bait me? A little bit. Um, <laughs> could have just wrote it on a note card. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Bait, I'm baiting you here. No. Uh, so great, great segue to that. Mobility, flexibility... Um, joint integrity, any of these things, like being tight, muscle-bound, whatever, if they're being negatively impacted by your training, your training's garbage. If you are not moving, if the gym or any of the modalities that you are using, whether it's on the field, in the gym, uh, with, a, you know, with a therapist, whatever you want to say, if any of those modalities are making you move less efficient, that is, that is the wrong way to be going because our training should make you more efficient. People are like, I don't want my kid to be reverse lunging more than, more than 50 pounds on their back because they're going to get immobile and they're going to get tight and they're going to lose their flexibility. And there's that absolutely wrong. We need to put them in those challenging, elongated positions that they're going to use in a game so that they, so they can move efficiently with that strength. Yeah, but wouldn't you say efficient is relative? Per the person. Right. Your, your ability. So Robbie has... The way Chris Sale moves yes. is efficient. The way I move, I would say, is efficient. But we don't move similar. No, but, in the, but this is the thing. Robbie, for those that have not seen Robbie, go check out some of his videos on uh, Instagram, especially when, when he's using his, his right arm. He does not have full extension from his right arm. Your level of efficiency, we're, I'm not, I'm, when I talk about efficiency, I'm not, I'm not saying you versus Chris Sale. I'm saying Robbie versus what Robbie has in him. So can you fully extend and pronate your hand when you go to throw a baseball? No. Right. You can't. You don't have that in you. Yeah. But if Chris Sale does, he should use it. Right. We need you to move as, as most biomechanically efficient right. as best that your joints can and if you're not replicating that in the gym or in your practice, in your long toss, in your driveline throws, whatever you're doing, then you're leaving something on the table. And you're getting worse. And, and you're, you're getting you're, worse. You're moving the opposite side of the spectrum. Exactly. Um, a lot of kids are going to say, well, Josh, like, how do I determine if I move efficiently? Um, now, that's something that a professional should oversee, right? I, be- I believe so. And this, is, and this is something where you know we go back and forth with a lot of pitching coaches, and this is something you and I talk about yeah. uh, relatively often is 
when someone comes in and does like a mechanical, uh, you know, I'll call it a mechanical assessment or biomechanics assessment of, of them throwing, I'm not looking at them in terms of like, all right, are they going to be able to throw the best four seamer out there? Yeah. I am looking at them through, first we do a full movement screen, which includes a little bit of an orthopedic screen to see, hey, like what can your, what can your joints do? What positions can you get into? And then when we put you in time and space, where, can you rotate the right way? Does your neck move the right way? Does your neck time the right way with your hips? This and that. So we're looking at all those pieces. And then we're looking at how you throw. And then we're looking at flat ground. We're looking at running yeah. gun. We're looking at all these things to tease in. Where do you break down? What's the big, again, what's the biggest domino that's going to move everything forward for Efficient that athlete? Yeah. Now, when we get an athlete and they're like, hey, listen, I get a, you know, I've been throwing well. I can throw 330 feet. I'm 93 on a running gun. I'm 91 on the mound. But, like, my two seam is, like, sucks. I don't touch that with a 10-foot yeah. pole. That's not my scope. Yeah. Um, no, that's good. It's, it's, about, it's about maximizing your movements. Exactly. Maximizing what your body is capable of doing. Um, so last thing we'll touch on here is uh, I, I obviously want to plug something of mine, and I want you to plug something of yours as well. I know a lot of attention gets brought to um, what you do remotely with, with your athletes. Um, I just want you to kind of say that as far as what that looks like, how, how someone can find that, because a lot of these kids that are going to listen to this and even like moms and dads that listen to this, yep. they're going to want to go, okay, like the time is now, right? right? We talk about it all the time, can't turn on a game without seeing 95 right. coming out of the pen, you know. Your shot, your window is very slim, yep. you know, and so there's things that we have to do today, right. not just because it's January 1st, New Year's resolution, but just today because of uh, the demand for velocity, the demand for staying on the field, et cetera. Yep. Um, so what can you offer certain guys as far as uh, remote training? So our, our 90 mile an hour uh, formula remote programming is available on the Advanced Therapy Performance website. Um, I'll my, link that in the show notes. Yeah, too we, we'll link that. And what I think is more important than, than like, um, you know, promoting that is finding someone, whether it be online, whether it be in person, finding someone that you're going to be able to get the most out of and figure out what your bang for the best bang for the buck is. There's plenty of people that come to, to us and want to work on their slider. And we immediately say, hey, listen, this is not the place for you if, if that's your main goal. Your main goal at that point should be finding a good pitching coach that's going to be able to help you break down those mechanics. Um, if, you're, if you're having back pain, you know, we get all this message all the time. Well, I can't do a lunge or I can't do a deadlift because I have back pain or I have knee pain. Well, get your tail into a therapist that's going to be able to fix that before you start to try to layer on other things. There's no point in working on mm -hmm. your two-seam fastball if you have knee pain every time you throw it, mm. you know? So I think finding the right professional, and that may not always be you for pitching, mm -hmm. and it may not always be me for the strength and conditioning and therapy mm -hmm. stuff. It's People need to find the resources that are going to help them the most. Yeah. And I think we live in a society, too, where, like, everyone's easily offended. So, like, we're not offended if you just say, hey, it's not the right fit. No, you know? so, like, absolutely. Um, but I do, I do believe in, like, why not, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And the, and the cool thing about social media, too, and this is, like, in my scope, is they see the stuff you're doing on your Instagram. And they go, dang, I can relate to that. Like, I like that stuff. I can see, like, him being genuine in that regard. I, I see a foundation of knowledge and, and trust and care. So now I can go in with, uh, you know, an idea of what I'm getting when I go work with you, Josh. Right. Or same thing for me and my, you know, website as far as video analysis goes. They see the stuff that I'm producing on my Instagram account. Right. And they go, man, that's, that makes sense. Like, force application and transfer of energies. Like, that's something I probably don't do efficiently. So I should go work with Robbie. Right. You know, so I think that's a, that's a great... Um, the great thing about Instagram is you can kind of see the stuff that they're producing, the content they're producing, and get, a, get an idea for who the individual is and what he believes in and kind of suits a relationship well. And to round it all out, it's, it comes back to what we initially talked about. You've got to keep the goal the goal. If you're, if you're an 80-mile-an-hour guy and your long toss is, is getting upwards of you know, high 200s, low 300s, and you hit everything on the formula and you're still frustrated except for <clears throat> except for hitting the body weight. Yeah. Don't go see Robbie Rowe for a mechanical analysis because do you want to break down a guy that's throwing 80 miles an hour 
or do you want to break down the guy that's throwing 90 when all he has to do is put on 20 pounds and focus on eating for a couple of weeks? Mm-hmm. You want to take the athlete that is going to be able to be molded best and get to the furthest point they possibly can. And if the goal is to throw 90 and you know body weight is going to be the first thing to get you there, great. If you know that you need a third pitch to get out in your, in your senior year of high school, you need to go get mechanical work done. Yeah. And that's what you got to work on. Yeah. I mean, I, made, I did a podcast with uh, DJ Edwards, and like one of the things he said numerous amount of times was like, what do you suck at? Work at that. I love it. And it's like, oh, when you put it in simplistic terms like that, it's like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. If you're not it's identifying. If you, and if you're not uncomfortable with the things that you're, that you're trying to accomplish mm-hmm. and you don't feel like you're out of place at times, then you're probably not working on the things you need to work totally. on most. Yeah. It's like my bear crawls. Reverse bear crawls. Hey, they're getting better. They're the best. I will not say they're the best. When's the award for the best bear crawl coming out? You got to talk to Henry Stromecki at a Middlebury University, Middlebury College. What? That's a that's a made up place. No, is Nescac D (laughs) three? Listen, he'll be writing he'll be writing your checks and my checks one day. Yeah, yeah. Um, Anyways, uh, to round this podcast out. Uh, shameless plug to my website, Um I offer one-on-one online remote coaching, and I offer uh, a one-time video analysis, like basically what Josh and I were talking about there towards the end as far as are you moving efficiently. Um, I can just help out in that regard. DM me for a code that will save you 20% off. Um, and as, as far as Josh's... Advanced Therapy Performance Remote Coaching, I could save you $100 off your um, your initiation fee on that. I believe it's called initiation fee. Onboarding. Onboarding same, fee. Same thing. Same thing, yeah. Uh, so you can go ahead and send me a direct message on Instagram and, uh, and, and let me know if you're interested in that. I can send you the code and the link to his website. And, uh, and that should do it for today. Happy New Year's, guys. Um, Josh, any last words, man? No, thanks for having me. Yeah, that was fun, man. I appreciate you. Always. All right, talk to you later, guys. All right, guys, I appreciate you tuning in to another episode of The Robbie Rowe Show. This edition was obviously The Bearded and the Brains with Josh Heenan. I appreciate each and every one of you guys for being listeners, and I ask you to do one special thing for me to increase the popularity and try to reach more people with this show is if you have an iPhone, open up the Apple Podcast app. If you don't have it, download from the App Store, but I'm assuming you have it because you're listening to the show. Bottom right, there'll be a search tab. Hit that search tab. Type in The Robbie Rowe Show. Click on my podcast scroll down you'll see ratings and reviews you'll see an option to write a review and i just i just ask you please to write like a nice review right like hey yo this guy sounds smart sometimes or he doesn't but he brings on guests that sound smart so anything will help like i said it just increases the popularity and it increases the reach to more and more individuals so i appreciate each and every one of you guys i hope you have a good rest of your day God bless. See ya. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC.